Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now. Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. 2024 has arrived, and we are here with you for a Graybar Sports Open Line, our first program of the new year. It's great to have you with us today. My name is Matt Pauley. As always, if you want to join us, you can do so. Uh, get connected via phone or via text, 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, we've got a uh, jam-packed program today. A few guests are going to be on. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Battlehawks coach Anthony Becht. He's going to join us in just about 10 minutes or so. As we found out over the weekend that... The XFL is no more kind of. It's now the UFL. That's the XFL and the USFL merging together. And then there's two divisions. There's the XFL division and the uh, the USL division. But the Battlehawks are not going anywhere. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, they made the announcement during college game day on ESPN. And uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, was there. And then his uh, business partner, Danny Garcia, was there. And uh, she announced that the Battlehawks would be back in this league. And uh, she referred to uh, St. Louis as the uh, clearly the best market in spring football. That's something that we already know, but it feels good for uh, for people to be saying that out loud in a very, very uh, large uh, spectrum. So that's uh, good news. Uh, so Coach Becht is going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes. We'll hear from uh, Bernie Pleskoff uh, in about 25 minutes. He's a former Major League Scout. We'll talk Cardinals baseball with him. And then next hour, uh, Joe Roderick will join us. Uh, college football playoff to get to, baseball to get to, hockey to get to, college basketball tomorrow. SLU opens up A-10 play, so we've got uh, a very, very busy program today. Matt Pajeski on the first day of the year. First day of the year, Matt Pajeski has decided to take a vacation day. He couldn't work the first day of the year, but you know what? That's okay. We have Ethan Hannaford in the house. Hello, Ethan. Hey, how's it going, Matt? Good. Good to have you uh, here for the first program of 2024. Oh, it's an honor. It's always good to be working with you, Matt. Here, I got a question for you. What did you think about the name of the merger in the UFL? I mean, it feels like there's a lot of different ways they could have gone. It seems like it takes a little bit of a step down from XFL. I don't know. Yeah, I guess they're trying to give credit to... I guess what I don't know is 
who had the bigger, um, was it the XFL coming, you know, taking in the USFL or was it the USFL taking in the XFL? Well, isn't there more XFL? There's five XFL teams. Is that right? Well, no, there's, it's four and is it split? it's split. Okay. Well, the, the problem was Houston was in both leagues. Right. So Houston is the fourth. So you can look at it as like a five and three or a four and four. They renamed the Houston franchise to like take a piece from both. So it depends on how you look at it. I would have to, I would have to see like the financial filings to make a decision because if if the XFL was clearly more successful and they were just bringing in the USFL, well then I would have liked them to remain the XFL. But I also kind of like the divisions where you know the XFL and the USFL division to sort of represent the past of how the league came together because we were never going to have two spring leagues be successful in the United States. It just wasn't going to happen. You could have argued or you could make an argument that the XFL was the more successful league solely because of St. Louis and the market that it brought to the league. Yeah. And again, it comes down to TV ratings. It comes down to a lot of other things. The rock is connected to the XFL and, you know, with all due respect to the USFL, they didn't have that. Um, they were on Fox, what the XFL was on ESPN. So I, I don't know. I'm fine with it. I, I'm not going to get upset about a league name. Just thought it was a little underwhelming. That's all. That's okay. fine. That's, That's fine. Well, they're still in the XFL. They're just in the XFL division. And uh, we'll talk with Coach Becht about that coming up here in uh, just a few moments or so. College football playoff, the national championship game is set. I didn't think the games were that good, but I thought the finishes were awesome. Overall, I didn't think that that those games were anything special. I was it was an underwhelming college football bowl season to be perfectly honest with you. And I'm I've said I've said this over and over. I love the bowl system. I love all these like I'm fine with adding to the college football playoff and everything, but I I don't want to see the the bowl system as it is right now for the non-playoff teams to really change that much. I think it's great for fan bases. I think it's great for the student athletes. I I like that there's football on all the time. So I'm not an anti-bowl guy. I might be in the minority on that because everybody everybody who has a sports radio show wants to tell you how bad the bowl system is. And I'm not going to tell you that. I think the bowl system is fine. That being said, as I talk out of both sides of my mouth, um, I was underwhelmed this year by the games. I joked about it when we did the show on Friday. The Pop-Tart dying, giving up his life, Mr. Pop-Tart, for the – for the uh, winning team, which happened to be my alma mater, Kansas State, uh, in that game. Uh, when that is the uh, the highlight of bowl season, you know that the games are leaving a little something to be desired. Obviously, a lot of people talk about the opt-outs. And my, my general belief is I don't like to complain about things that I don't have an answer to. And I don't have an answer to the opt-outs. I, the, the only thing, the only thing I thought of. And it was actually connected to the Pop-Tart Bowl a little bit because we talked about it on Friday how Pop-Tarts, the company that owns Pop-Tarts, whoever they are, they spent $2 million to sponsor that bowl game. And with everything that they'd done, at last check, they were like $13, $14 million earned media from that. They, they were fun. They were creative. And they did something that got a lot of people talking. So I was thinking about that, and I thought about this. How do you get some of these players to potentially participate in bowl games Maybe the only answer at this point, the only like fair answer at this point is for some of these sponsors uh, like a Pop-Tart or like, a, you know, the, the Tostitos or whoever, like whatever you know, Cheez-Its for the Citrus Bowl. Maybe those corporations are working out deals with players, side deals, because they say to them, if you're Cheez-It and 
like the Tennessee quarterback, Joe Milton, he didn't play yesterday. Uh, there, Nico, I, I, um, I have a hard time pronouncing his last name. Well, I'll know it very soon because he's going to be a stud. Uh, he started at quarterback for, uh, for Tennessee. If you want Joe Milton to play in that game because you're cheese it and you want more people paying attention to the game, maybe you go work out an NIL deal with Milton to play in the game. Maybe that's the next step of name image likeness where some of these bowl sponsors are actually working out deals with athletes to get them to play in games because the more high profile players play, the more eyes are going to be on the bowl games. This is going to come down to ratings though. So the, the folks at cheese it are going to look at their citrus bowl ratings from yesterday, Tennessee, Iowa, and they'll look at previous ratings. And if the ratings start to really drop down, then that's when they would step in and say, okay, we're going to spend some money to get some athletes, some, some of these players who are opting out to play in these games. But if the, if the, if the ratings stay the same, then there's really no reason for that. But the, obviously the big thing was the college football playoff national semifinals. Michigan beats Alabama. Washington beats Texas. So that sets up a Michigan-Washington college football playoff national championship game coming up next Monday. I think Michigan wins. I think whoever won that Michigan-Alabama game was going to end up winning the national title, but we'll just have to wait and see. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from uh, Battlehawks coach Anthony Becht. He is set to join us in just a moment. It's Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We got uh, very big news over the course of the weekend. Uh, the XFL becoming the UFL, but the Battle Hawks not going anywhere. And somebody else who's not going anywhere, their head coach, Anthony Beck, he joins us right now via the Quiver River Electric guest line. Coach, thank you so much for uh, taking some time. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Happy New Year to you guys. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Let's go back a little bit. When we found out that the XFL and the USFL were going to merge together and you're sitting there, do you kind of get worried at that point because all of a sudden there's a there's a lot of unknowns going on? Yeah, you know, I think there was a little bit of that. I mean, I I felt good just because I knew St. Louis was the best market in both leagues, right? So that league and that market that market was not going away uh, from a business standpoint. And I just knew that you know the job we did last year 
the way we engaged the fans, the progress on the field. I felt really good about, you know, coming back. But, you know, decisions had to be made and make sure everything was in line and, and uh, contracts and all that stuff. So we got that all knocked out. And, and I'm excited to come back and, and be the coach again uh, moving forward starting 2024. Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia made the announcement on college game day. And when, uh, when Danny mentioned St. Louis, she said what you just said that this is the best market in spring football. How proud are you to just to, to be a part of this? And all of a sudden it really feels like nationwide people are seeing how St. Louis is able to, uh, to support uh, a, a team like the battle Hawks. hundred percent. I think you said it right. I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of the, the, the national landmark per se of the league. And I think that's huge. And we're going to continue to build that. You know, I think a, a year ago today, I, you know, I, I made a promise to, to the fans of St. Louis that if they showed up and, and they made it, you know, took it over the top and, and filled the stadium, that I would present them with a really great product. And, and I think both of us lived up to the expectation. So, listen, can we outdo ourselves next year? That's the goal. I want to win a championship, and I want the fans to, that, that had not got a chance to experience a game or come out to, to really show up and, and give it a chance. And I think, well, again, we're going to lead the way uh, with, with the best fan base in, in the UFL, and it's going to be a, a really fun opportunity uh, for, for our team to continue to improve, get better, and, and, and try to you know, position ourselves to win a championship. The team has already announced that the, uh, the upper deck is going to be open and, and for sale, so it sounds like everybody is preparing for those attendance numbers to be even greater this year. Well, you know, I think last year all five games broke uh, spring league records, so we have the five largest spring game attendance records in the history of spring ball well why don't we break them all again next year i think that would be a great goal uh we all know when the opener comes that's always going to be our biggest game let's push it through the envelope get 40 plus thousand in that place and then you know that's only going to help our players and uh you know go out there and, and feel the love and, and go out there and play great and, and want to win so you know we uh we definitely are excited about it i can't wait and i know our fans are going to show up and and uh, it's going to be a great season. And, and, and again, the, the scheduling standpoint, we're starting a little later. The weather's a little different. So uh, although we obviously play in a dome, just getting there and, and, and having something that, as far as it's not going to be freezing cold during those times will allow a lot of those fans to come out that maybe didn't last year. From a roster standpoint, where are things at? Because I know with uh, the two leagues coming together and some teams disbanding, there's going to be some drafts. Some players are still around. Some aren't. Can, can, can you explain for uh, for the simple mind like mine what it looks like right now from a roster standpoint? Yeah, well, you know, we, we got a, a good base of guys coming back, a lot of familiar names. The question is, how are we going to create a better roster with some of the other players out there? We're having a mini draft with some of the players that were on XFL teams that are no longer in the league. So we're going to be able to pluck some, some guys there. We're going to have another draft at the end of the month uh, at some point uh, to, to, to get some of the leftover players that are available and then some of those guys that are maybe free agents from uh, preseason practice squad guys in the NFL. So we're, we're still building the roster. Uh, we made some really good signings uh, so far in the last couple of weeks. You know, Pete obviously is a, is a guy who was the MVP, defensive MVP of the league with the Vegas Vipers. We were able to get him uh, on our squad. So we're really trying to up it and, uh, and put even better players on the field. Of course, with the, with the intention of winning a championship, that, that's the most important thing. You know, we, I got my toes wet. My goal was to do that last year. We came up short. Well, now, you know, we know what we did 
we didn't do to, to get where we need to get. Now we have to get better players. We have to add the players. The team, the roster that we had last year was fantastic. Can we sprinkle in a couple pieces now to take us over the top? The um, We're at the time of year where maybe if you get released off an NFL practice squad or you get released off an NFL roster, that might be your opportunity. There's only one week left in the regular season. Is, are, are you looking at those guys who are, are becoming NFL free agents right now? 100%. And I think we, we have recruiting power now with our team because we led the way of any spring team with uh, 16 players of our, of our team that went to training camp in the NFL. So we've provided them with the avenue, the road, and we filled in the necessary holes to allow those guys to get their, either their first or second opportunity in the NFL and get to training camp, and then they got to take it from there. So uh, there's a lot of players that, that went and, and didn't make the training camp and you know were close, whether it was an injury, and then we had some guys that are still playing but to sell those players that have been on practice squads for maybe two-plus years to say, hey, listen, this is your opportunity to get on the field, quality reps now in front of a massive crowd every week on national television. Now you're opened up to other teams throughout the NFL to give you your, yourself that shot. So, yeah, absolutely those players will be on our radars moving forward. Let me just finish you off with this real quick. The the Lions-Cowboys game and the, the two-point conversion and – uh, the not reporting play. Like, if you're in that spot as a head coach, if you're Dan Campbell, what's your view of that? You know, I, I've heard both sides. Everybody's side said they went through and did what they were supposed to do. I would say this, just watching the video, the normal process of a player or a lineman coming in is they normally swipe their chest to the official. There's a lot of communication. And until they get that verbal communication from the official directly to them, and whether they think they hear it or not, they need to be adamant about the fact that he knows that they're actually, you know, bringing themselves in to make themselves eligible. So I didn't see a lot of that. I didn't see the players swiping their chest. It almost to the to the point where they were trying to be a little cute about it because they didn't want to they didn't want to maybe show it. Well, at the end of the day, you know, the, the officials are going to tell the other team who's eligible and who's not eligible. So that's not a secret. So you want to make sure that that goes down properly, and you can't count on an official even though you may have talked to them prior to the game, they don't know what the hell play you're trying to do, right? They don't know what exactly. They just know that a couple linemen are coming in. Well, they don't know the numbers and different things of that nature. So I could see how it got confusing. So it was really a miscommunication. But from our standpoint, for me, I'm going to make it clear that when my players go in, they're grabbing the damn arm of the referee and letting them know, hey, I'm, I'm coming in. I'm, um, you know, I'm a guy that can go out and, and be eligible, and they're going to understand that. we got to do it every time in field goal. Two guys have to do it every time when field goal uh, goes, or at least when we're kicking a field goal. NFL got to do it on field goals and extra points. So you have to be clear about it, and that's where the, the kind of the, the confusion came into play. So everybody just has more clarity in what they're doing and, and maybe trying not to be more sneaky about it. Maybe that's where – the referee maybe didn't see the certain person or, or lineman that was actually, you know, telling them who was going to be uh, official or not. He is uh, Anthony Becht. He is the head coach of the Battlehawks. They are back. They're getting ready for uh, the first year in the UFL. That's the uh, merger between the XFL and the USFL. Coach, thanks for taking some time. I'm sure we'll talk uh, between now and the season. But, man, we are, we're so excited here in St. Louis for another Battlehawks season. No, I appreciate you. Go Battlehawks.
That is Coach Anthony Beck joining us here on the program. Again, he gets ready for uh, another season leading the Battlehawks. The season is going to have a little bit of a different uh, schedule in terms of when it's going to start. The season is going to begin on Saturday, March 30th, so the season will begin a little bit later than it did uh, last season. There's a lot of people from both the uh, XFL and the USFL that uh, are involved Uh, Russ Brandon, who is the former president and CEO of the XFL, he's going to lead as the president and CEO of the UFL, while uh, Daryl Johnston, who is the uh, former USFL president of football operations, he is going to, uh, for the USFL, he's going to lead football operations over the entire league. Um, And there were, in the announcement on everything, uh, they quoted uh, somebody from Fox, they quoted somebody from ESPN, and then they quoted uh, Danny Garcia and also uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, who are involved in addition to uh, some other folks. So uh, they are good to move forward, and it feels like it feels like there's a little bit of momentum now for spring football. It's still a tough go. I would I would suspect that neither the XFL or the USFL made money. Now, the USFL built their model as more of a a TV product than anything else. The XFL, it's a TV product, but it's also about attendance because the USFL were running all their games in single sites. But the the way the the XFL did, all the workouts took place, all the practices took place down in Texas, and then teams would travel up to their respective cities for for the games. That's how it ended up working out. I believe they're going to still kind of keep that sort of model. So everybody's still figuring out what they need to do in order for spring football to be successful, to make money, if if you could get the buy-in in other markets that we have in St. Louis, this thing would be absolutely thriving. But St. Louis is alone, completely alone. There's no other city that even gets close to comparing to what St. Louis does. Houston is probably the second market in terms of engagement and attendance and things like that but they don't hold a candle to St. Louis when it comes to uh, everything they've got going on. So, And like I mentioned with Coach Beck, it's already been announced that uh, the upper deck of the Dome is going to be open and it's going to be available for tickets. So they are expecting, they are 100% expecting for attendance numbers to continue to go up and up and up. And that's really, really good for the Battlehawks. It's good for St. Louis. And it's good for this new uh, UFL as well as they continue to move forward. I do have to wonder, yeah, I'm, I worked for an independent baseball league at one point, and they went out of business after one year. But their business model was they created these independent teams. They were all owned by a single entity, so the league essentially owned all the teams. And the owners of the league, what their what their long play was, what their thought process was, was that they would build the league, they would make the league successful, and then at some point in time, they would start selling off the franchises, and that would be the payoff for starting this league, that the value of the franchise would eventually grow, that they could get to a point where the league did not own all these teams, that they were able to sell to like local owners in all of the respective markets. Now, again, the league went out of business after one year. It didn't happen. And I just... I wonder if that is something, what what the long-term plan is for, yeah, and they may not even say it publicly, but I do wonder internally, is there a hope from this league that they can build success, build value of franchises, and then at some point in time, 
they stop running it all from a league level and they start handing things off to local ownership. I don't know. I, and I don't think they're at a place right now where that would make sense, but I do wonder if that is part of the long-term plan for these spring football teams or if it's going to continue to kind of be a made-for-TV product, a single, uh, a single business entity type thing the way it is right now. I don't know. I'd have to talk to somebody uh, obviously very high up in you know, every, everything involved with this to find out what their long-term goals were, and they probably wouldn't be totally open about that. All right, we're going to switch gears. When, we're gonna go, when we come back, we're going to talk baseball. Uh, Bernie Pleskoff is a guy who's covered the game of baseball for a really, really uh, long time, worked in the game, worked as a uh, scout, and now uh, recently has been covering the game uh, right now, covers uh, baseball for Forbes Sports. We'll get uh, his thoughts on the Cardinals going into next season and what they have done so far and the moves that they've been able to make. Uh, Bernie Pleskoff joins us in just a moment. It's Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. This is Graybar Sports Open Line. We continue on right now. Very happy to be able to go to the Quiver River guest line and uh, welcome on somebody who writes for uh, Forbes Sports, a longtime professional scout. Uh, his name is Bernie Pleskoff. You can uh, follow him uh, at Forbes and also uh, you can follow him on uh, Twitter as well. We'll get into all that in just a moment, but let's welcome him on to the program. Bernie, thanks for taking some time with us today. How are you? I'm great, Matt. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Yeah, great to have you. And I wanted to have you on because uh, one of your more recent pieces at uh, at Forbes Sports uh, really got into what the Cardinals had done in terms of bringing in uh, some pitching so far this offseason. I don't want to take uh, everything away from uh, your article, and hopefully people go read it for themselves. But what is your general feeling about what the Cardinals have done so far this year in terms of pitching? Well, I'll tell you, Matt, first of all, I'm very impressed that they struck so quickly. They didn't wait around. They lost some pitchers. You know, Wainwright's gone and Flaherty's gone, etc. So they moved quickly to fill out a rotation. Now, how good that rotation will be, we don't know. But I'm very, very impressed with Sonny Gray. I think that was a great addition. They obviously targeted pitchers who are reliable, go out every fifth day, are going to throw uh, a lot of innings. How much impact can just that have? Because it, as you allude to, there there certainly is some age connected to, to the three starters and Sonny Gray and certainly with Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. Uh, but the, at the same time, these guys are guys who have pretty good track records of taking the ball every fifth day. Well, Matt, age with pitching is not as difficult to overcome as it is with hitting. You know, as we've seen, hitters can lose it in a day. One day, you you know, your stroke is there. The next day, it's gone. Pitchers age pretty well, and they can rely on their experience, change speeds, go to more breaking balls if they lose a mile or two on their fastballs. So I'm not as concerned about an aging pitcher as I am about the physicality of that pitcher. And I'll give you an example. Lance Lynn concerns me. I think he's grossly overweight. I think he could break down again. And you compare him to a Kyle Gibson, and I think you're going to get a little bit more out of Gibson. And I, and I am concerned about Lance Lynn. Do, specifically to Lynn, the number that really jumped out last year was the number of home runs that he gave up. You Correct. would think that number might go down a little bit playing half of his games uh, in, in St. Louis, but how alarming was that number? It's very alarming, and don't forget he has to pitch in Cincinnati, and that's not a picnic. You know, there are other parks where he's going to pitch where I think it'll be tough on him. Lance Lynn can be very, very good, and he can be very mediocre. 
And I think the way to to get the best out of Lance Lynn is to make sure if I'm Marmol and that staff, I want him in good condition, and I'm going to look at that in spring training. But I think the home runs are a concern. I think you hit it. So Sonny Gray is somebody who obviously finished in second in the American League Cy Young Award voting last year. He's put together a, a very good career. The the numbers seem pretty reasonable when they came in. What were your initial thoughts when you saw the deal that he signed with the Cardinals? I think he was one of the better pitchers on the free agent market, and I think that was probably their best signing. I have him at three years at $75 million, unless I'm incorrect. And, you know, to get a pitcher of that quality, you're going to spend $25 million a year. But there are other pitchers out there. Luis Severino went for $13 million. Tyre Glass now, five years for $135 million. All things considered, to me, Matt, I think that Sonny Gray is a tremendous addition to your staff, especially since you lost Flaherty. And Flaherty would have cost you more than Gibson and, and Lynn. So I do think... Once again, I think the, the Cardinals struck quickly and properly in filling out that rotation. You mentioned Jack Flaherty, and there's always going to be a lot of interest in him in St. Louis. He signs that one-year deal with Detroit. Felt like he lost some money after the trade last year. He did not pitch as well in Baltimore as he did through much of the year in St. Louis. At one point, he looked like a guy who might win a Cy Young Award in his career, and obviously injuries have kind of derailed him. But you know, when you look at him, do you feel like, because he's still relatively young, do you feel like he's somebody that can get back on that track that he was on three, four years ago? I worry about him throwing, you know, an, an entire season's worth of starts. That injury history is a little bit different with him than I thought it would be. And, and I think basically the Cardinals were concerned about that injury history. And they went out and replaced him with pitchers that have been a little bit more healthy. I, I am on the cusp about Flaherty. I think he can be a, a, a tremendous starter. My jury is out. I, I'm really conflicted by him, and I want to see how he performs in the first month, if he can hold up. I don't think it's a major loss, and I think he underperformed the last two seasons. I had big expectations for him as you did and everyone in st louis but i don't think it's a major loss i think they covered it former major league South bernie pleskoff continuing to join us here on a gray bar sports open line uh for us in st louis most of us feel like there's still some work to do in terms of the bullpen you make note uh, of the trade for nick robertson that was part of the tyler neal deal they also have a rule five selection in, in ryan fernandez who also came over from uh from the red sox organization does it feel like to you, though, the Cardinals still have some room in the bullpen to add? I think you're 100% correct, especially with aging pitchers, Matt. When you've got guys that may not get beyond the fifth, you're going to have to have depth in the pen, and you're going to be going to them quite often. You know, you're going to be in the pen every day. This is not a great starting staff. It's a serviceable starting staff. It's not going to you know, compete with what the Dodgers have done in the offseason, et cetera. But I think the pen is the next key. I think they're going to have to bolster the pen to get beyond those five-inning starters in Gibson and Lynn and Mats and maybe even Mikolos. You know, it, it really is a bullpen game today in Major League Baseball. Well, you mentioned earlier that hitters just can kind of 
all of a sudden lose it. And, and that doesn't yes. happen with pitchers as often. It happens more often, though, with relief pitchers than it does with starting pitchers. Why is that? Why is there sometimes uh, – <laughs> and, and it happens maybe with closers, but they just kind of lose it all, all out of nowhere. Yeah, look at Class A this year. He lost it, and, and I think it's overuse. I think it's a very simple equation. Relief pitching today is used so frequently, and the human arm, the elbow, the hand, the, the shoulder, they're not constructed to pitch every other day like that, an inning or two. It's very, very taxing. And I think that's probably why pitchers, uh, relief pitchers lose it quickly and, lo- and lose it you know, probably more frequently than starting pitchers do. It's a very, very tough role to be in. Get up, you know, start warming up in the pen, come in every other day. I don't know. It's a very, very tough role. And I think that's why you see so much, you know, movement in bullpens in Major League Baseball. So I, I agree with you. You look at the, the top of the National League, Dodgers, Braves, maybe put the Phillies in there. It feels like the Cardinals are still behind them. But the NL Central is not a great division this past year. Probably won't be another great division this upcoming year. Have the Cardinals done enough so far to be competitive and to be able to contend in the division? I think they can contend because I don't think the division is that great. I, w- I would worry about Cincinnati. I think they are really you know, making some excellent moves. I think they're done spending now based upon what I've read. But I think Cincinnati's going to be formidable. I'm not worried about the Cubs if I'm St. Louis. I don't think they're going to re-sign Bellinger, and I, that's a big bat out of that lineup. I think St. Louis has enough hitting to keep in games, enough pitching to keep in games, and I do think the bullpen is going to be the difference in the National League Central. You know, I don't worry about Goldschmidt. I don't, that's not a hitter that I think will lose it overnight. And I'm not worried about Arenado. These guys, there's something about them. They rise to the occasion. I think you have just enough offense. I worry about your outfield. I'm not crazy about your outfield, but they're serviceable. And that's an important word in baseball. You're going to have to get some pop from Nolan Gorman, from Goldschmidt, and from Arenado, and hopefully Newtbar to, to make this thing happen. We're really high on both Jordan Walker and, and also Mason Wynn. Those seem like the, the next right. guys that are going to be the, the, the face of the organization. Do you share in that optimism? I do, but I still think it's too early. Believe it or not, I do think there is more upside in Walker, and we haven't seen Wynn yet enough. I saw him in the fall league, and I saw – Walker in the Fall League when they played in the Fall League. And I, and I like them both, but I don't think your season is going to depend on Walker and Wynn going over the top. I think they are going to help, but I do think you're going to need Goldschmidt, Donovan, Arenado. Those are the guys that are going to really drive in the runs. And anything you get from Walker in his age 21 to 22 years season and win in his age 21 season is going to be a bonus. But look for them next year and the year after. They will be the faces of the team. Both great, great athletes. He is Bernie Pleskoff. You read him at uh, Forbes.com. You follow him on Twitter at Bernie Pleskoff. That's P-L-E-S-K-O-F-F. He is a former pro scout with the Astros and Mariners and just does a great job now uh, writing and talking about baseball. Bernie, thank you so much for taking uh, some time. Hopefully we can do this again in the future. Thank you, Matt. Anytime, and good luck on a great season.
That's Bernie Bleskoff joining us, a longtime Major League scout, now covers the game. Again, uh, worked as a pro scout for the Astros and the Mariners and has been on the media side of things for uh, quite some time now. And uh, if you want to read his breakdown of what the Cardinals did, you can just go to Forbes.com or you can uh, Google Bernie Pleskoff uh, Forbes and it'll bring up the list of articles that uh, he came up uh, that he recently has uh, written. So uh, it's the second to last one or the second to most recent one, I guess would be the better way to say it, what he wrote about the Cardinals, but appreciate him taking a little bit of time with us today. One more break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one of the program. It's a great bar sports open line on KMOX. Starting to wrap up hour number one of the program. Don't know if you saw this over the weekend. The owner of the Carolina Panthers, guy by the name of uh, David Tepper. I'll give you the lesson in this before I even tell you the story. Billionaires do whatever they want, no matter what. So this dude is in a, in a suite as the Panthers are playing the Jaguars in Jacksonville. So he's not even in his home stadium. He's in Jacksonville. So I guess some people that were sitting down below his suite uh, were, were saying some things that he did not especially like. You know what? It's an NFL game. There's a lot of people in the stands that are saying things that uh, you don't especially like. So this billionaire owner from the suite who doesn't appreciate some of the things that are being said to him, what does he do? He takes the drink that he is drinking and he throws the drink on the fans who are popping off at him. And this, of course, got caught on video because everything gets caught on video. This is the perfect example of a billionaire just doing whatever he wants. I, if I ever get so angry that I'm going to throw a drink on somebody, it's going to go through my head ahead of time. You know what? There's ramifications for this. If you do this, there's going to be something that that potentially bad could happen to you. Now, maybe if I'm angry enough, maybe I still do it being well aware of the fact that something bad might happen to me. I promise you. I promise you. It never once went through the mind of David Tepper when he's throwing a drink on somebody that maybe something bad could happen. So what does the NFL do? The NFL finds them. Uh, They find them $300,000. $300,000. That's a lot of money to you. That's a lot of money to me. Pocket change. Yeah. This guy is one of the most rich people walking the face of the earth. He's one of the richest owners in the NFL. And this $300,000 accounts for like less than 1% of his total wealth. So... Again, I say all this about billionaires feeling like they can go do anything they want to do. He can. $300,000, no big deal. He'd probably throw a drink on somebody again if he got upset, and all he has to do is pay $300,000 because that's what happens when you have lots and lots and lots of money. All right, that is it for hour number one of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We're back after the 7 o'clock news here on KMOX. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.